Welcome to War Games, hosted by the sales genius Joe Ingram. If you're looking to win the sales battle, then you have joined the right team. In the War Games group, we devise strategies for sales, marketing, branding, mindset, and attitude. We enlist the assistance from the most successful producers across all industries. We then share their knowledge and techniques with you. Our single goal is to get you ready for your next sales opportunity. When it comes to crossing the minefield of sales, step in the footprints of those that have crossed before you. Now, prepare yourself for boot camp and beyond. It's time for the war games to begin. Hey, hey, war gamers. Welcome. Joe Ingram, sales genius, your host. I am excited today. Now, first, I'm going to go grab my VIP, Natalie Esman, who's over here with us. Natalie, welcome. So I am excited today. You know, I'm excited with every guest. But I'm really excited because one of my co-hosts from this show and <laughs> my friend, Brian Galke, who is the CEO of Subtle Skills is with us today. And so changing it from him being the co-host in here to ask questions, we get to pick on him now and have him share with us his skill set. Now he's a 20-year sales veteran. He has taken it upon himself, which is fantastic, to learn an additional skill. That skill got him from I'm a sales guy to I'm the regional vice president at his former company that he worked at. He is now out on his own and he is sharing with the world the facial analysis. And I say that because I say facial recognition, but he, he corrects me all the time. And I haven't brought him on screen yet, so he can't correct me until he gets up on the screen. So Brian, welcome up on the screen. Switch places with me. So. Sure. Um, one of the things that excites me the most, so I go in and I train people and I take, you know, the 10% of what you have taught me, right, that I've gone in and gone, oh, yeah, let me get this going. Um, guys, let's talk about eyebrows. Let's talk about this. We talk about this. And so I, every time I walk in, all the sales guys come up and they go, here's the new guy, Joe, tell him who he is, <laughs> right? And I always laugh and I'm like, well, that's some of my stuff. It's also some of Brian's stuff and some of all these other people that I've taken and put into play to get here. But one of the things that I find is your particular skill set, mm -hmm. okay, and your ability to transfer that to another human being is one of the, as you say, the proactive way right. to begin a sales conversation. And when you have Natalie, who goes across the table with, with people and she's going to be helping them with their finances and stuff. And I have Marisol, who's out on YouTube with us too, right? Mike Beardsley and Maria Gamino are out there going, hey, I'm here watching. So the numbers are still climbing as people are joining us. Um, I was texting everybody going, you have to learn this. And I know several of the places that I have this out at, um, they have it up on the big screen and their sales teams are watching with us. No so there's going, to be, there's going to be questions. There's going to be people coming on board going, well, what about this? What about this? So Jordan Michael Thomas is with us as well. New friend that just we just got connected from a TikTok live. 
Oh, and nice. So we can go through. But Brian, so you've been out there. You're the one selling. You know this skill set. Uh, right. And again, what is War Games for? You've been on the side where Natalie's sitting right now many times. And yep. the answer is, give me something that's going to help me to sell something today. And if you sure. want to expand on your previous history, please do. Yeah, I'm going to teach. Well, what everybody's here to learn today is a skill that took me from being on the help desk to regional vice president of sales. And the cool thing about it is anybody can learn it. And even with leaving today, you'll be able to look at people differently. And it's going to be kind of funny when we go through it because everybody at first is like, what? And so I'll share some stories of exactly how I ended up here and everything. But in 2011, um, well, actually, let's get into it first and I'll explain a little bit about it. So um, what we're going to do is going to share a PowerPoint with you. I just did from a presentation for people who have the hardest sales job, and that is people who go door to door. And that's literally just imagine the rejection they face every day. They're selling not necessarily a commodity, but to uh, the average person, a roof is a roof. You know, solar is a little bit different. People selling pest control, alarms, you name it. So what we're going to end up doing here is uh, can you pop up the screen there, Joe? I sure can. Uh, I'm getting text uh, messages like Genesis says, I'm on. Here's my proof. Yes. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at what the presentation put together for a bunch of the door knockers at Sam Taggart's door to door con, which was last week in Salt Lake City. And like I said, they have a really tough job. Now, what the best thing about this is this is a life changing skill that applies not just to business, but your work life, your personal life, your love life. All these things this skill can apply to. And that's what I love about it is not only can it be learned, but it's not just where you can use it for one job. I used to be in a job where I learned skills, but it strictly went towards that product that we were selling. It wasn't universal skills. So like I mentioned before, this is a presentation from last week. It's hey, closing more with who's behind the door, because that's the only way these people ate. Right. They had their 100 percent commission jobs. If they can't close, whoever's answering that door, they're in a world of hurt. So what were we there to teach them? What were they there to learn? was how to increase sales, how to talk to pretty much anybody, because when you stop making it about you and you start focusing on them, you pick up on all these different things, you know, how to overcome hesitation, because again, you're not making it about you, how to instantly build rapport and how to stay present in the moment. And the funny thing is you talk about this all the time, right? People buy from who they know, like, and trust. So I stole a sign here. It says, Hey, I'm glad you're weird like me. And that is just figuring out what do you have in common with the person? And more importantly, I know what I want to say, but how do I speak their language so they can best understand it? And there's a lot of tactics that people try to do that they can be valuable, but they're so overused. So you've got mirroring and matching. That's when somebody in back in body language or NLP, if somebody's crossing their arms, why well, look? And then I cross my arms too, and I try and change it. Well, people are very aware of that this day and age. So that's why I've got on here. A tactic known as a tactic glowing is because it's such a common theme now that people are caught on to it. Now, I like the chameleon one because that's more of like Chris Voss when he talks about parroting. That is when somebody says, you know, well, my arm's really in pain. You don't say, oh yeah, it hurts, huh? You say, oh, your arm's in pain. You're learning to repeat people back what they say and that's so they feel heard. But now we're going to take it one step even beyond that. So most salespeople start off like the person on the left and that is they're making the message all about them and they're blurring out who that they're selling to. They don't treat them like a person. They know I've got this product. I've got this agenda. So let me just show up and throw up. And when you do that, people disengage. You're like, look at the picture here. Everybody's on their phone. They're drinking their coffee. Nobody's looking at them. But when you get out of your own way and you make it about the people that you're actually talking to, and especially with what we're, you're going to learn today, 
it changes it because you're giving them your time and attention and therefore out of respect, they give it back to you as well. And um, this is a funny fact. I was at a police officer training on Monday and Tuesday of last week. And they were talking about what's the number one thing that led to kind of people being not as sociable as they once were. And the thing that everybody jumps to, and we're guilty of right now is smartphones, smartwatches, you name it, right? What actually started this trend of us losing face-to-face communication skills is the air conditioner. Because prior to that, people sat out on their front porches and they socialized with everybody. They're waiting for the breeze to come through. But when air conditioning went into houses, so did people. And that's why when houses starting after that quit doing front porches, right? I used to have a historic home on an area here in Dallas called Swiss Avenue. And all the houses have porches. And we used to have porch parties. And it was a way to socialize. I now live in a townhome. And the only way I see my neighbors are as if I pass them while I'm driving into my garage or out of my garage. So that's what changed is air conditioning had the first major impact on this. But normally this is where people are with me. So I have them take a selfie. And I'll still have people do it here. What you want to do is take a quick picture of yourself. And the reason why is because we're going to be talking about facial features today. And everybody's like, what am I? What am I? So that you can go back and look at a picture of yourself later. Now, what's the other reason for that? Well, you know, since you have a phone out, you can go ahead and take a look at the QR code, you know, and figure out how to download the cheat sheet that we're going to talk about a little bit later or how to follow me. So like I snuck that one in there. That was pretty smooth. And yeah. I'm already opening in Chrome. Yes. Right. Now. The other reason to do that is because then if people are on their phones, they have to pay attention, right? So if you're doing this in an audience and you're, let's say I'm the fifth speaker of the day or anything like that, well, they have their phone in their hand. They're already not paying attention. But when they do that, they get re-engaged with you. So anyway, what we're going to talk about today is a skill you've actually had some training in. You just didn't know that you got any training in it. And you're like, wait, what do you mean? So if we say the phrases that are on here, like keep a stiff upper lip, take one on the chin. They've got an ear for this. They've got an eye for this keep your nose to the grindstone. It's part of our everyday language. And people are like, okay, yeah, so what? Well, when you wonder, well, why is it part of our everyday language? That's because authors and artists used to take courses in something known as physiognomy in order to describe the characters in a book. Because back then when books were written, you didn't have modern photography. You couldn't put a picture of, this is what I want the hero to look like. This is what I want the villain to look like. You name it. So the only way that they could describe the characters in the book were through their actions and through their facial features. Now, yes, they did do it through clothing as well, but there wasn't a lot of choices in early on books, right? Like everybody's like, hey, he had a shirt. <laughs> you know, it's not as drast of or as, uh, vast of a dress code that we have now where people can wear suits and you name it. And then with artists, it's the same thing. They had to take courses to figure out how could they all consistently draw the same type of character. And if you think, no, that can't be true, turn on any Disney movie, hit mute, and you can tell who's the hero and who's the villain based on how they're drawn. So we've been trained our entire life. We just haven't been formally trained on how to understand people based on their facial features. So again, going back to physiognomy, there's 42 muscles in the face. The mind creates movement. Movement creates muscle. So what happens is when our parents told us, stop making that face or it'll get stuck that way. Well, it's kind of true. <laughs> so... We're going to learn a little bit more about it here. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how Joe got that freight train line we'll talk about later. <laughs> so again, why should you learn it? I mentioned it on the sales front, but what else is there? So you can instantly build rapport with anyone, but you can also deepen rapport with people that you thought you already knew, but you only knew them through their work style or, you know, how you met them, you name it. 
This is literally our faces are like a map that tell us where people have come from and how to get to where they are. It doesn't predict the future. I get asked all the time, can you tell me who's a cheater, who's a liar? No, there's nothing on the face from a standing facial feature that says that. If you want to go into micro expressions and body language or statement analysis all day long. But this is more of a skill about understanding people, not judging people. And then my favorite thing is, look, it gets me free upgrades all the time in hotels, airports, uh, restaurants. And that's because the best people to practice what you're going to learn about today is people that everyone else ignores. So if you go to, you're going to learn the basics. When you go to a server and you teach them this, you go, hey, I met this guy, Brian, today. I kind of think he's full of it. I want to just say, I'm, this is what he, I learned today. Can you tell me if it's true or not? Well, then all of a sudden they're fascinated and they figure out a way that they can possibly increase their tips. Then you're the coolest person in the restaurant. So free food, free drinks, gone up to gate agents, looked at what their eyebrows said, and then figure out, do I talk about them? Do I talk about the people around them? You name it. And then next thing you know, not only did I get on an earlier flight, but I got bumped to first class all because I treated them like a person. So that's the best benefit. If you happen to benefit beyond that, it's a bonus. But when you make people feel seen and heard, it changes the game. And that's why the very last bullet point here is it enhances people's lives because that's literally what happens. Because first class enhances your life. It does. Hey, you never know who you're going to rub elbows with in first class, right? Yeah, exactly. There's a lot less babies up there. Yes. Yeah. You'd be surprised. This day and age, I've seen emotional support animals. <laughs> you name it. Net, yes. Netta just flew first class and sent me a picture. There's a baby, on uh, one behind her, uh -huh. one next to her, and then like a toddler in the other seat to kick all the way through. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. The flight. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, Lynn, Lynn said you're second to me, is what she said. I know. She's post. always putting yeah. me down like that. I don't right. know why. She did. Yeah. <laughs> she misspelled my name. Yeah. So. All right. The number one question people come up with all the time, isn't it all genetics? Yes, it is partially genetics because what you inherit from your parents, your grandparents, your lineage is a part of who you are. But what happens after that is what's known as epigenetics. So again, it's about the mind creates movement, movement creates muscle. So as you experience things, you can even take identical twins raised in the same house, same parents, but they had different life experiences. One may have excelled at school in school. One may have excelled in sports and done poorly in school. Uh, romantic troubles, romantic success, you name it. All those things we keep making faces and then eventually it will alter those facial features. And I'll show you an example of it in a minute. So I love to use the cartoon that's here. You see the guy with the big upper chest, big biceps, and little tiny legs. Well, you wouldn't say that's genetics. You know when he went to the gym, he didn't do lower legs. And your face is the same way. So it can alter based on what muscles you end up moving. All right. So because nobody ever likes to look me in the face anymore, once I teach them what this is, I start yeah. with a picture of me, right? And so... Not only did I have really cool hair back then, I think I knew oh, I wasn't yeah. going to have any after the fact, right. but you can see that, that's technically cool. a five head, bro, not a four head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that there. Yeah. And, hey, look, I was raised in the day and age of vanilla ice. That was the style back then. Okay. Boom. What Boom. can I say? I think yeah. I had even had like hairspray that was called freeze or something like that. Um, but you can see different things. My ears were different. They used to stick out more. They didn't have the heart line like it does here. That wasn't present. My eyes. I was raised in a very loving home, but they could always tell you what could possibly go wrong. You know, hey, have a backup plan and everything. So my eyes used to angle down quite a bit. When you see here in the pictures, look at here, even on or angled up a little bit on this side, even on this side. And then the most glaring one is I used to have straight eyebrows and look at this angled one that's there now. So I did not go get that professionally done. What happened is when I became a corporate trainer, I had to learn the material so then I could regurgitate it to other people. And that's when that lovely one appeared. 
So you, the most important part about this, I, I forgot to mention earlier, is I started with this very book right here back in 2011. And so it's got a different title now. Now the newer version of it's called The Power of Face Reading. Let me get it all on screen there. Here, but, let me do this. Let me pull this back out. There you go. Now, now yeah, it's okay. to us. There, there you go. The Power of Face Reading by Mac Fulfer. That's my mentor. In 2011, um, a friend was coming in town. She's like, hey, let's go grab some dinner. I'm like, okay, cool. And then she called right after I sat down and said, hey, I'm not going to make it. And I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. She's like, no, you have to come meet this guy. I'm like, I'm already at the restaurant. I've sat down. I've got my drink coming. She's like, no, you need to come meet him. I'm like, why? She's like, he's a face reader. And I go, oh, yeah, I'm a big rush over there for that one. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, does he read palms too? And, you know, I went over there fully intending to blow holes in this guy. Like I was just waiting for him to make Barnum statements to this, you know, generic horoscopish where it's like, oh, you've had a hard time in life. No shit. You know? Yeah. But instead, he dissected eight people at the table to a T, including me. And I did not mean to rhyme on that one, but I literally, I was shocked because we didn't move. It wasn't body language, you name it. And I'm like, what is this? And he explained how it worked. And I was instantly hooked because growing up, I always felt like I missed that day in school where they taught you how to interact with people. So my library that's over here is full of not just body language books, like our friend Janine drivers, you say more than you think, mm -hmm. but I was always picking up books, trying to figure out how to better interact with people because I'm an introverted extrovert. I mean, I love to be around people, but I was terrified to be around people at the exact same time. So I always felt like what does good introvert do? Study up, right? And I even picked jobs where people had to come to me. So I worked retail, server, bartender, bouncer, you name it, because I didn't know how to interact with people. So it was an interesting time. But once I picked up that book and then I would drive to Fort Worth twice a month and go study underneath him, and I got certified in 2011 and my life changed because of what you're about to learn about today. So with that being said, why is this even more important is because communications change. A lot of people didn't leave their house for a year or two. Some people are hesitant to even open the door now. We do a lot just like we are today over Zoom, StreamYard, you name it. So body language, everything's kind of hidden from people. And I was in the Seattle airport over Thanksgiving and 40% of the people were already masked up again. So if you can only see this much of somebody's face, I can still make out eyebrows, eyes, upper nose bridge. Um, ears are kind of hard because you can't tell if they know how to put one on or if they all look like Dumbo because they can't figure it out. But you get the They're listening intently that way. Yes, yes, exactly. Well, and you of all people know how hard it was during the time of masks because you're sarcastic like I am. And if somebody's wearing a mask and you're sarcastic, they can't see you smile afterwards. They just think you're an a-hole. So, right, right. Which is okay with me. That's true. You, you is yeah. different. Yeah. It's I, I'm fragile. So, right. <laughs> but you already hit on this earlier. The biggest thing about this skill, the number one thing that absolutely is a game changer is the fact that you can use it proactively. So if you know who you're going to meet with, you can go look them up on LinkedIn. You can then go to social media, find a more recent picture of them. And then you can figure out how do I take the message? I already know that I want to give, but how do I learn to speak their language? And so this is no different. I was a horrible international traveler when I was a kid because I thought everywhere I went, everyone should speak English. And if they don't, I'll just speak it louder. Like that somehow works, right? It does. And, yeah. And when you do that, what happens? You have a shitty experience. But a few years later, I started learning basic phrases everywhere I went. Please, thank you. Uh, good morning. Good afternoon. Uh, where's the bathroom? Right. Important phrases. So when you learn these and you try, people appreciate that and they will work with you. 
And that's what we're going to be learning today is how to learn to speak their language. Because people always ask, is it manipulation? How is it ever manipulation when you're trying to learn to speak someone else's language? Instead, it's a sign of respect. And oh, let's not forget Brad here. So what did Brad teach us in closer school where you and I met? The first step of any sale that most people forget is preparation. preparation. And that's exactly what you can do here. So I'm going to uh, bromance out for a moment. So Joe was in the same thing I was with Brad. And Joe has reached out to so, so many people. So Joe's already a great connector, uh, connector. And that's the whole reason that this is, if you somehow ended up in this group because you saw me versus knowing Joe, everyone here needs to get to know Joe because he's freaking amazing. So that being said. Everybody watching, you know, I love that man. Yeah. Because he's, he's definitely, he'll change your life, sales and otherwise. Robbie is also texting me saying he's on. Awesome. So, what's up? All right. So what do you love or what do I love about the skill and what can everybody take away from it is we already mentioned it's proactive or it can be reactive because once you learn this, literally by the time you're walking up to someone, you can look at the height of their eyebrow, the shape of their eyebrow and already figure out, okay, this is what I need to say. So it's both proactive and reactive. Um, I mentioned earlier, have a ton of body language books on here. These are two of my favorites, not just because Janine's a rock star, but these two are the ones that were game changers for me. So Janine's book in yellow, you say more than you think is really important because like we talked about earlier for the last few years, some people couldn't leave their house. Some people didn't put on pants, right? For two years, <laughs> but now it's wow, what Natalie, is your body you language projecting to other people, right? That's why this book is really important. Then the other book in blue, What Everybody is Saying by Joe Navarro, I got that one back in 2011. And that one's great for learning how to read a room and understand everybody else's body language. So you have to have these two books. And if they're both picturesque, so don't get them on Audible. You want to see the pictures of what they're demonstrating in here. But these two books, the first one helps you, the one in yellow, helps you with your own body language. The second one helps you understand everybody else's. So the ability to read a room is highly, highly important. But especially people who I was with last week, they're, they're knocking on doors. Well, most people hide behind the door. But even if you go in somewhere now, what do you get? You go into a meeting room, people have their laptops in front of them because they're taking notes or they're doing something else. So you can't always see body language like you could before. More and more people are moving to over the phone and that's not even phone calls. More than often it's text messaging now, email or Zoom. So learn the skills, but you can't rely on it like you once could. Here is what I found was the biggest difference. And that is who would you rather talk to? The guy who's analyzing your facial features or the guy who's looking at your body language, right? It's the one on top because when somebody's giving you their time and attention in this day and age that is so rare, it makes you want to pay attention because everybody's human need is people want to feel seen, heard, and understood. And when you're looking at, even if here's why I teach eyebrows, you're going to see this later in the presentation. It's because eyebrows lead to eye contact and that is a lost art. But when you do it, it's almost like in the movies where you see two people talking and it zooms out the entire rest of the room. That's how people feel when you're actually paying attention because it's so rare this day and age. How are we doing on time wise, Joe? Good. All it's all yours. brother. Awesome. All right. Yes. Um, when I first moved into sales, because like I said, I started on the help desk is this was the book I was given how to win friends and influence people. Fantastic book. But it mainly told you, hey, go into somebody's office, look around, look for sports memorabilia, look for pictures of family. Do they have pets there, their dog, you name it. Find something unique in the room and then try and talk to them about that. 
Well, the challenge with that is, again, the people who are here, they're answering the door. There's not a lot that they're really going to see on someone. So unless they're digging through their trash the night before, not a lot of luck. But even when I was in a corporate setting, so I used to be part of a group that any customer over a million dollars, me and two other people were flown around the U.S. to go give presentations. Well, we could do everything else in the hotel room the night before. Check your projector, your PowerPoint, your product. But people were always the unknown. And when we went in, we had to give presentations in a very sterile conference room. We didn't go get to go back to anybody's office. So all those skills that I learned weren't beneficial at all. Now, body language was because you can figure out, oh, who am I going to have to work on? But everything else was hidden, but their faces weren't. And I'll explain more about that here in a minute. So I like to start with this one because let's get to it, right? People are tired of hearing me talk. Let's see it in real life. So for anybody who hasn't watched the show, The Voice, these are the four of the judges that were on one of the first seasons. And the show, everybody starts listening to the music. And if they like the artist, then they turn around to see what the artist looks like. And people go, okay, well, I see four celebrities. My answer is I see four people that it makes perfect sense why they were on the show. And that's because if you look at every one of them, they've got larger ears and smaller eyes in every instance, smaller eyes, larger ears, larger ears, smaller eyes. And people go, well, yeah, they're musicians. I'm like, doesn't that just prove my point even more so? So if you see people with larger ears, these are auditory people. So when you want to speak their language, you say things like, does it sound like a good idea? Can you hear where I'm coming from? If you're going to have to talk to them, call them on the phone. I know it's a novel idea. Call them. Or Janine Driver is the perfect example of this. If you text Janine, she's not answering you. Yeah, you send her a voice text or a video text, she's yeah. right back to you. Yep. Or if you FaceTime her, right? So that is how you learn to start speaking other people's languages. You know what you want to do, but how is the person responding best? And so I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. When I was married, I'm visual. My ex-wife was auditory. And when she told me to go to the store, she's like, I need this, this, and this. And whenever I was going, I'd come back with like one of the right things and three things that were wrong because I don't listen, right? So we worked out a system where if I'm going to the store, she had to text me because I'm visual. Mm -hmm. But if she was going to the store, I could just tell her. She'd actually get frustrated if I text her. She's like, I don't need to see it. Just tell me. Not in that mean of a voice, but right. um, you get the idea. Ex-wife. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Context. So we had to come up with a system. And the reason that I say that is part of the failure was just looking at things and going, oh, I should have done that differently. So you can even take people you've known for years and learn how should I be speaking to them? And I love to give the example of this is no different than the five love languages. And that is how you give and receive love may not be the same as the person you're trying to give love to or receive love from. But the difference is instead of having to go and ask them questions and take tests, you're literally looking at what's on their face and figuring out what's different from my own. So our buddy, Steve Sims, who uh, Joe actually introduced me to. So funny story. If you see me on stages a lot now, that's because Joe helped me get there. So, so did Bradley and Joe introduced me to Steve Sims on this very show, War Games. And afterwards, he's like, hey, Brian, you have anything to say to Steve? I'm like, yeah, Steve, you need to trim this upper part of your mustache because we can't see your upper lip. And that tells people that you're not approachable. His direct answer is, do you think I care? But <laughs> Right. And he said, so I'm not approachable. Big deal. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But it, it led to then me going and being on his podcast and go speak at his event, then Greg Reed and, you know, push down all the dominoes after that. But our buddy Steve Sims here, why did I pick him? Just to harass him, number one, because he's like a human Geico lizard. But he also has one of the worst 
LinkedIn profile pictures to use, but on everything that you can still see here. So he's got a rounded forehead. He's an outside the box thinker. He's got straight low eyebrows and high ears. So he understands things very fast. So the longer that you talk and you waste his time, the more frustrated he gets. He's got recessed eyes. So he's kind of like an introvert. He's always sitting back and evaluating. We talked about the flatter upper lip. When we say the phrase, keep a stiff upper lip, that means if somebody's saying it to you specifically, it means be stoic, stop sharing your emotions, you know, be strong. Well, when you see people with flatter upper lips, if you ask them too many personal questions immediately, they shut down because they want to be the one who shares the information. So when I've gone to a lot of former communist countries, Poland, Bulgaria, Romania, you name it, you will see a ton of flatter upper lips on older people. Why? You weren't allowed to have a voice, right? You have one. You can get shot or killed. And so it's funny because you'll see people. And, and that's one of the things that I say, this is about understanding, not judgment. Because the question is always, well, what about certain ethnicities that have one feature larger or anything like that, or different parts of the country or the world? You can still see everything is in proportion to the person's face that you're looking at, not comparing other people. So I hope that all makes sense. And then uh, Steve's got that part where he grows out his chin. When we say the phrase, take one on the chin, that's literally how we handle criticism and adversity. So in the movie 300, where it was the 300 Spartans against the entire armies, what did they have? Big, massive killer beards. And they had them grow it out because that's what we associate with strength and courage and taking one on the chin. So it's in our movies all the time. And while we're talking about movies, that's why when you've read a book and you watch a movie, if they don't cast the character that is what you pictured in your mind because of the way you read it and it was written, that's why you'll hate that movie. Because you pictured somebody in the head because they described the person's actions and their facial features. And that's why sometimes you'll watch a movie and you're like, oh, I hate it, but I love the book. That's part of the reason why. So with that being said, let's get to it. How long does it take to learn? You guys are going to leave today learning how to understand eyebrows and a few other uh, tips that are in here, but I like to start with eyebrows. Like I mentioned before, I call it just browsing because eyebrows are far more important than we give them credit for. So <laughs> this is a screenshot of just, you can go to Google and type in people without eyebrows. And this is what shows up. Yes. Look at that. Oh, That's look at Nicholas Cage and Angelina Jolie, right? Like Nicholas Cage was scary to begin with, but look at her without eyebrows. She's a I vampire. Mean, yeah, pretty much. She's a vampire. We thought she was. Now it proves it. Yes. Well, and Ryan Reynolds, like I love Ryan Reynolds movies. I don't even recognize him over here without eyebrows in the lower yeah, right hand corner. That's true. Yeah. So it's crazy because we actually pay more attention to eyebrows than we think we do. So again, why do I love to teach it? Because you can see them from so far away. Unless like Joe, you have eyebrows that you can't see until you get close. So Joe has something unique called chameleon eyebrows. And that's because when we can't see a defined shape, we think, oh, he's just like me. So it's actually one of the consensus building things that Joe has on his face. So why are eyebrows important? Because if we're lucky enough to be born with sight, then that's how we learn to take in the world. Everybody's visual when they're born because we don't understand what sounds mean and we don't know how to speak. So babies are born with two things at birth. It's a fear of heights and a fear of loud noises. Those are the two things that keep us alive. But otherwise, you take in your entire world through your eyes. And then what happens is, as you learn, uh, learn to understand what sounds are, and as you learn to talk or do things, that determines, do you become auditory, kinesthetic, or visual? Crazy, right? Yes. All right. Take a sip here. We, and, we, and we all just think it just happened, right? 
It's yeah. Like, oh, that makes sense. Uh huh. Whoop. I always say, if you watch, like, why is mom usually the first word? Mm-hmm. Because the kid can watch you say mom, mom yes. with your mouth. And so then they can duplicate that. Right. And so dad, dad doesn't, doesn't show my mouth moving. Exactly. Well, and you bring up an excellent point. So I have a five-year-old about to turn six. Try learning how to speak from teachers when you can't read their lips. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Yeah. So we're literally all lip readers. And that's why when we are learning languages, we learn to watch everyone's lips. And that's why it drives us nuts when we're watching a TV show and the sound is a little bit off from their lip movement. And you're almost like, I can listen, but I can't look at it. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why we're natural born lip readers because that's how we learn language. Crazy, right? It's insane. Yes. So going back to it's part of our language. So if you like comedy, which we all know you have to be because you're here with Joe, right? And he cracks Correct. jokes all the time. Correct. Well, when we talk about highbrow humor and lowbrow humor, it's part of our everyday language and it literally tells you about somebody at the same time. So highbrow humor is where somebody tells you a joke. And you have to think about it for a minute and then you laugh versus lowbrow humor is three stooges or jackass. It's instant, you know, where you laugh when somebody tells you a joke or you you see the physical humor. Well, that's how eyebrows are as well. So if you thought about eyebrows on somebody's forehead, like speed bumps, data always has to race down your forehead to get into your eye. The higher the speed bump, the slower you have to go. So you have to go slow, go over the speed bump, go into the eye. Versus if the speed bumps at the very end, close the eye, then that data can race down their forehead. So when you start looking at people, you think how high or how low are their eyebrows? So when you see her, her, her eyebrows are a little bit higher. And what's high? Anything larger than a finger. Now, I don't suggest you walk up to somebody and try and put a finger in their eyebrow, but you get the idea. Is If it looks like more than a finger, then they have a higher eyebrow. And the higher it is, the more time that they need to make a decision. And they hate, hate, hate being forced to make a quick decision. So there's a lot of salespeople who do it wrong where they think I'm here for the one call close. I'm just going to bully them into it. And what happens is if you do that, you may have made the sale, but you've lost a customer. Chances are they have buyers remorse so bad. They're going to back out or they will never refer you to anything. So you got a short, quick, temporary win, but you don't get much beyond that. Mo, to answer your question, if I said, what, how would you draw someone from Revenge of the Nerds? What would they have? They would have a unibrow. So it's literally the reason that that's there is because these eyebrows, and you'll learn this here in a second, if you connect the two between them, well, that's connecting both hemispheres of the brain together, and that's somebody who can't stop thinking. So that's exactly what a unibrow means. All right. So now we know that they hate to be forced to make quick decisions. And so if you do that, once again, you may make the sale, but you've lost a customer. Now, on the opposite side of that is what if somebody's eyebrows literally sitting on top of their eye? Well, that data can race down their forehead and they'll make a decision fast. So this is somebody that you get straight to the point or sorry, I'm confusing that part. Get there as soon as possible. We'll talk about straight to the point in a minute, but stop talking as soon as you can because they're already done thinking it right. The other people, when I used to go in and do presentations, I would literally look around the room and start figuring out who has high eyebrows, who has low eyebrows, the higher they are. I'm going to start with that person and I'm going to work my way to that people whose eyebrows are low. So the challenge with somebody who has very low eyebrows is they have a tendency to interrupt other people. Used to get personally offended by this until I understood this fact about the faces. And then what I learned is that's just how they think. They're not trying to be rude to me. They just got it so fast. They want to help other people get there as well. 
ADD, ADD graduates. That's who those people are. That's right. We understand it too quick. They do. And what that's why I say with the face comes grace, because whereas I used to be offended by it, now I just understand it's a part of who they are. So, all right, now we start making it fun. So you start looking at people and you go, oh, a little bit of space, but not too bad. His are pretty close to his eye. Definitely higher than one finger here. The last girl, very high eyebrows. And you see his are pre pretty much sitting on top of his eye. So if you're going in order of who to talk to, then you know you have to start with her. Then you start with her. And then it's about a tie between the other three. But you start figuring out who do I talk to first? Who would I have to give the most time to? If they answer the door, or if this is the person I'm calling, if this is somebody who comes into the dealership, how much time do I need to give them before I start getting to the information? All right. No, that's now that we talked about height, you want any questions before I move over to uh, the three basic shapes? No, that, that was great. I mean, if you if we start looking at it, we know we can't jump to a deal right. to, to begin. And how many times have we lost a deal because we pushed them past their comfort zone? Right. right. Mm -hmm. And that's like it. it. You may, even if you do, you may get the sale, but you've lost a customer and you damn sure won't get any referrals from them. Correct. All right. Over to the three basic shapes. Since we've been here for uh, almost 40 minutes, I'll go a little bit faster. Three basic shapes, straight, angled, and rounded. So just like when we were kids, when we had, had the game, put the right pegs in the right holes, straight eyebrows get straight to the point. Angled eyebrows, like I have, what's my angle helping me understand it? And rounded eyebrow, think about the people around them. So digging into that a little bit more, we all know Brad. Right. So if you're talking to Brad, he's got a very straight eyebrow. Now, even though it angles up, what happens is there's not a curve on the end of it. So it's a very straight eyebrow that he has. If you're talking to Brad, if you don't get straight to the point, you are going to lose him in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. So the phone up. comes up. <laughs> yes. About the fourth word, his phone comes up. because Oh, yeah. He's... You. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so you have to give them facts, figures, and then just stop talking and say, what other information do you need? Because they're already thinking. Right. So if you take somebody who's got a straight eyebrow that's very low to the eye, that's like a double threat. So they, they understand it so fast and you better quit talking as soon as possible so they can ask questions or else literally they're going to feel like you're wasting their time and you've lost the sale. Next one over angled eyebrow, help them understand what's their angle or what's my angle if you're putting yourself in their shoes. And so that is somebody who needs to understand it first and understand the benefits so then they can teach other people. So if using Joe as an example, well, Joe teaches dealerships. I don't need to talk about how they're going to benefit. I'm going to talk to Joe about how he's going to be able to benefit and help the dealerships once he understands the product. Right. So when you start talking to angled eyebrow people, you have to help them understand what's in it for them to then help other people. And you want to involve them in the process. So you ask them questions like, well, hey, what do you think? And that's the reason to involve them in the process is what do we all want? We want positive reviews and referrals. Well, it's the angled eyebrow person who, when you include them in the process, they are the ones that fill those out for you. So literally because they're vested in the process. So the straight eyebrow, hey, here's how much it's going to cost. This is when it's going to be done. Angled eyebrow person. Hey, here's what we need to do. What part of the process do you want to be included of? What do you think so far? Include them in the process. Why is that important? Because rounded eyebrow people, are the ones who read those reviews and want testimonials. Why? Because rounded eyebrow people think about the people around them. So the two pictures I like to use here is Elon and Oprah, 
right? So it has nothing to do with Twitter. I've had this picture for quite a while. That's the number one question that gets asked. <laughs> but he, look, he has, yeah, right? I, I can testify. Yeah. Yeah. He he could have retired after PayPal. What did he do? He put all the money into Tesla. What happened after that? SpaceX. You know, now he's bought Twitter. If he was, if it was about him, he could have just retired after the first sale. But instead, he's always investing in what helps out other people. Tesla, electric cars, SpaceX, let's go to Mars. You know, you name it. Then what do we know about Oprah? Well, we know two things about Oprah. Everyone Who does she gets a car. And Everyone then, gets yeah. a car. You yeah. get a car, you get a car, you get a car. Exactly. So what, how much do you know about Oprah herself? Well, unless you go and do due diligence, you don't know that she was raised up in an abusive family, that she was told she was too fat and ugly to be on TV, right? Because even though the show's named after her, if you think about it, you don't think, oh, I can't wait to watch Oprah. You think, who's her guest and what's she going to give the audience? So she's the perfect example of somebody who has a rounded eyebrow. All right. So we start getting into the fun of it. When you look at people, and normally this is done in front of a live audience, not a live studio audience like today. So what do you see? High eyebrows. What shape are they? Rounded. So when you're talking to her, you know to talk about the people around her and you have to give her time when making a decision. Come over here to this gentleman. What does he have? Straight Confused eyebrow. Yeah, yeah, very close <laughs> to the eye. So get straight to the point very quickly and stop talking. Now, here's where it gets fun. What are the girl in the middle's eyebrows? So if you're looking at this, which would be her left side, it's straight. But on her right side, it's angled and people go, whoa, hey, how does that work out? Well, that's because we're all a little two faced, meaning that literally the muscles we have on each side of our face are controlled by different hemispheres in our brain. And that's why we can have different facial features. So if you've ever said, well, I'm a different person at work than I am at home, that can literally be reflected in your face. And people go, no, that can't be true. Have you ever seen somebody have a, have a stroke? They don't lose like both sides of the face, they lose one side. That's because depending on which hemisphere they had the stroke in determines what side of the face sags. And what is it? It's because they lost muscle control of that side of their face. So now that we're past the morbid part of it all, um, <laughs> how can you remember which is someone's personal side and which one's their professional side or which one's their home life, which one's their work life? If I ask you, hey, are you married? That's a personal question. And so that wherever a wedding ring would be in the U.S., is always someone's personal side. Doesn't matter if they're right-handed or left-handed. It's always the same. This will always be your personal side. So are you selling them a product for home or are you in their work environment? So with what I was used to do, I used to sell technology to jails and prisons. It's always their work side. So when I'm talking to someone, I'm always looking at this side of their face to think, what does it tell me and how to speak their language? So a little bit crazy, but now when you start looking at people, you start getting more questions. So like the first gentleman over here, people go, well, what about if they're wearing glasses and I can't see their eyebrows? People, ironically enough, pick glasses based on their eyebrows. So if you look, rounded eyebrow on this gentleman here, what does he have? Rounded frames. Come over to the second guy, straighter eyebrows and straighter glasses. And then you just start looking at people. So if I'm talking to her, it's angled on this side right on her work side, it's rounded on her personal side, angled on both sides for her, angled on both sides for him. So you literally start looking at people and thinking, which side am I talking to? Who do I need to start with first? You name it. And I prefer clear glasses. Uh-huh. And what do you and have? I have no, I have no eyebrows <laughs> for anyone you know, to see. They're I there. They're blonde. attention to that, Joe, but that's an excellent point. As I'm soon as you said that, I was, I'm looking at myself on the I'm like, damn. 
that just totally played into what he just said. Because everybody, my, my wife will go, what about these glasses? I'm like, no, they're too harsh. They're too yeah. harsh because they're actually putting in the eyebrows. So That's hilarious. I never <laughs> even thought about it. But yes, that's true. Um, so then you just start looking at people. So since we were talking to people who were knocking door to door, who would you start talking with first? Her or him? Right. Well, yeah. she's got the higher angled she's, eyebrow. You yeah. got to talk to her because she's going to take longer. Exactly. And she's got the angle thing going on more so than him. He'll understand it quicker, get straight to the point. Yep. She needs more. Yep. Help her understand what's in it for her first and everyone else second. So then you start looking at people and you go, okay, who would I start talking to first if they both answered the door? Start talking to her. She's got rounded, higher eyebrows. He's got straighter, close to his eyes. Now, if you remember from the people that were on The Voice, you need to start talking to him about auditory things. Look how big those ears are and look how small those eyes, those eyes are. So for him, hey, you know, does it sound like a good idea? Do you hear where I'm coming from? How does this sound when you're talking about things? It's literally speaking their language. And then you start looking. Some people are the same. So if you look, they both have straight that are close to their eyes. So not everybody has to be different. But if you go into a room, so let's say they walk up. These two are buying. Actually, I got one. I got a dealership one for you here in a minute. Sure, um, sure. But you start looking at people. So what does she have? She has higher. He's got lower. Right. So you start talking to her first. Then you can see hers are more rounded. His are more straight. So you learn to start just talking to people differently, even though you're selling the exact same product. You'll love this one, Joe. So this one was from our friend Christina, the RV dealership stuff, uh -huh. right? And so using this one as an example, mm -hmm. if they are coming in to buy an RV, you're going to start with her because she has rounded eyebrows that are high. So if yeah. you're selling the RV to her, you don't say, hey, what do you, what's your monthly payment? What's this? She has rounded eyebrows. So she thinks about the people around her. Hey, who are you going to go visit? Hey, is anybody going to ride with you guys while you're on the trip? You don't make it about her. For him... What are you looking? What are you curious about? The gas mileage, the interest rate, the um, you know uh, monthly payments. What do you want to know? Right, cost effectiveness, all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or if you're talking to them about a house, you know, you don't go and ask her, "Hey, what's the most important room to you?" You would say like, "Oh, so I noticed there's a big guest room here. You've got a pool in the back. Do you plan to do a lot of entertaining? Who's going to come visit you first when you guys move in?" Right. That's what you want to ask about. Highlight the family room. Exactly. And the expansive kitchen that you can cook for the for everybody. Exactly. So. Right. And so you don't make it about the appliances, but how many people will fit into the other room to come visit. Right. Yep. And with him, straight eyebrows, you know, are you looking for a three, three, a two, two? What's what interest rate? What payment? So then can, I'm going to stop because Natalie's up here as a VIP, right? So yeah. Natalie is still well, doing. Make her big so everybody else can see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was gonna. I was actually gonna say Natalie when she goes to talk to a client, right? Oh, okay. Natalie, yeah. come over, Natalie. Yeah. Yes. So, but there's Natalie, right? <laughs> and so, if she's gonna meet with a client for financial things, right, or insurance, right? Because right? she handles my stuff for me. Um, when you look at that, so if she looked at the lady from before, right, right it's about the overall death benefit. Right, Correct. how it's going to take care of the other people. Yep. When it comes in, so if we're going back over here, she's caring about the family, mm -hmm. right? And what happens with the survivor? And this one's saying, "How much money does it cost me?" Versus, "How do I get? How much do I get?" Exactly. Right. Yep. Oh, I like it. I yeah. like it. So Think about it, car people. Monthly yeah. payment. 
value. Pay attention mm -hmm. to who they are because right. oh, this is brilliant. Yeah. So if you're looking at her in, in a car dealership, right? Wait till your friends see you pull up in this car, right? Instead of, oh, you look great in this car. That would be an angled eyebrow. But wait till your friends, wait till you see the look on your friends and family's face when you pull up in this. Or, you know, I know you're going for the larger SUV. Who's gonna, who are you going to be carting around with you? Who's going to jump in and ride with you somewhere? Who are you going to go visit? Yeah. So, yeah. I like it. <laughs> so, all right. Speeding up a little bit because I see we're close to 50 minutes. Uh, I'll go through this one pretty quick. That is there's three angles when you're looking at somebody's eye. How can you memorize it? So what you can do is you can take a card. You go from the inside of their eye to the outside of their eye and go, does it angle up? Does it angle even or is it angled down? If it angles up, then they're up for hearing the good side of things. Tell me about the features. Tell me about the benefits. On the inverse of that, if it's angled down, you have to talk about the downside of things first. So when I used to uh, give presentations, if I saw a downward angled eye, I would talk about this isn't the first generation of our product. These are the things that we learned through the first generations. This is what we learned in the latest software upgrade that we had because it lets people know you've thought about the potential oopsies or you know potholes in the road. So if you come in talking about strictly features and benefits to somebody whose eyes angle down, they're like, you've got rose colored glasses, you're not living in reality. On the inverse of that, if you personally have downward angled eyes and you come in talking about, well, this is the fourth generation, we learned a lot from our mistakes in the past to somebody whose eyes are angled up, they're like, why is he so negative? So it literally, you just have to start looking at people's eyes. So. If I have to deliver bad news to somebody whose eyes angle up, start with the positive, work your way to the negative. Same thing on the opposite side. So when you start talking to people, it just literally, their face tells you how are they going to hear what you need to say. So you start looking at people and it's crazy when, when you do this, I swear you're never going to look at people the same again, including yourself mm -hmm. in the mirror, because that's the first step that we all do is go back and look at ourselves in the mirror later. And then you start looking at other people. But over here, what does he have? Eye angles down even eye on this side, even though he's got rounded eyebrows on both sides, look how far down that is. So at work, I need to talk about what we learned from our mistakes in the past. Or for example, at solar, the number one complaint with solar is what well, you're going to put holes in my roof. So what you can actually sell while you're doing solar is, well, one of the things that is with getting solar and how you're going to benefit from this and how you, when you go to sell the house, other people that are going to buy it are going to benefit right? Is that you also need to have a newer roof to have the solar panel installed. So that way you're already covered. We're not di uh, digging holes into your roof. We're actually replacing the roof around the solar panels, right? So, and that's how you talk about the downside here. Cause that's what he's saying is they're not thinking about my roof with her. This is the reason I like pictures that are straight on versus angled, because if you straighten up her head, this eye actually angles up slightly and this one's mm -hmm. even. So that's mm -hmm. why when you're looking at people, you're trying to find a picture of them that's straight on versus tilted or looking away. Over here, I love this guy because he's got angled eyebrows. But what does he have? He's got very full lids, which means he's a wee person. But both of his eyes angle up quite a bit. So he's actually the optimist. He may look like an evil villain because of the eyebrows, but he's actually the optimist. So that's why you learn more than one feature. So, you know, how does it all work? Um, basically, I've got what's called the face, which is, you know, find the feature, assess the meaning, convert it. What, what do you want to say? How do you put it in their language and then express it? And the question that comes up all the time is, well, how did you learn this? Well, the ways there's multiple levels of learning while you're doing this. I started with the book, but then the book was kind of overwhelming because it's 130 pages and it was so much that was in there that I found the flashcards 
worked better for me because I could grab a flash card, take it with me, stick it in my pocket and just work on one feature until I felt like I, I mastered it and then moved on to another one. Then, of course, attend speaking events. I've got a virtual training course on light speed and, and coaching or training is the other ways. But when you go in, how do you look people up is LinkedIn, like I talked about. Why do I start with LinkedIn? I want to know who am I looking for in people's social media. The challenge with LinkedIn is a lot of people have older pictures, kind of like some real estate agents whose pictures are uh -huh. you know, decades old. <laughs> so it's the exactly. same thing with LinkedIn. You don't think about updating your LinkedIn as often as you do social media. So I go to LinkedIn first or even a company's about me website. So if you don't know who you're meeting with, a great thing to do is go figure out who are the decision makers for the company and prepare it as if they're going to be in the room. And I'll explain that here in a minute. Try and find multiple pictures of them. Why multiple? Because not everyone you can see depending on the lighting, but you're ideally looking for a straight on well-lit picture. Then what you start looking at is what stands out on their face. So you can do it like if you were a characterist of if I were to draw their face, what would I enhance if I was a characterist? So for her, it's going to be the, the beautiful wide cheeks that she's got there. Well, I know cheeks, the farther they are from the nose, the more energy they have and the more attention they'll get if they're rounded like she's got. But again, what I focus on, eyebrow height, eyebrow shape, and then upper lip. Because why? The flatter upper lip, don't ask too many personal questions. The fuller upper lip, you better ask some personal questions. That's the number one reason why right now lip injections are the number one plastic surgery. Nobody really knew why. That's because this is your personal lip. This is your professional lip. And women are enhancing those lips that are there. What can guys do? You do what I do. When you shave your mustache, make sure that your upper lip can be seen because then people know how approachable you are. Um, when people go, oh, that can't be true. Why do you think that there's lipstick? Lipstick is no different, right? Was it meant yeah, to do? Enhance the upper, so upper lips. Yeah. Edward uh, McKay. Yes. Here. What about so, when someone has an eye that's a little more closed? So the side that's more closed, yes, it can be allergies. Uh, another one is it can be eye puffs from working too hard. So if you are pushing yourself entirely too hard, the way that your body reacts is that it will swell this area right here above your eyes. And it'll actually create an eye puff. And it starts small, but it gets bigger and bigger. And it's your body literally trying to block out, telling you that you need to slow down. People go, that can't be true. Why is it when you look at someone with sunken in cheeks, you know that they're unhealthy? Our body is constantly telling us what's going on. There's an entire vein of Chinese medicine based on facial features. And that's why when you go to read on this, people are like, why have I never heard of it? Because it's if you look up face reading, it's more often about health than it is anything else. But what is it used for in the U.S. and around the world? Jury consulting by attorneys. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I teach it more for sales. But the person who taught me, Mac, was an attorney, ran across it, used it for jury consulting and then gave up his law practice to teach it to everyone else. So it's taught, and it used to be part of it, and I forgot the slide on this earlier, but this used to be taught in normal school. It goes all the way back to the Greeks. It was all the way through the Renaissance age. It's been around. But what happened is phrenology, which is bumps on the head, came into play at the same time, and it called itself the science of understanding and judgment of character based on bumps on the head. So if you had a bump right here, they'd say, oh, you're a criminal. We're just going to throw you in jail. And so when that got kicked out, they said, oh, let's kick out face reading at the same time. But it's scary how accurate it is. Is it 100%? No. Is it high 90s? Yes. So when I was at the door-to-door -door con last week, literally, I had dozens of people. And I'm like, you, okay? And we would just knock everybody out. And people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And only very few people say, no, that's not really me. So sorry, I got a little bit distracted. And they were, and they were lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will tell you, if somebody, going back to 
upper lips, if somebody has a flatter upper lip and somebody else volunteers them, they're going to disagree with everything you say. Yep. Happens every single time. Right. You just invaded my personal space and threw me out there. Yeah. Now here's, here's the key. If you meet somebody that has a flatter upper lip, when you're in in conversation with them and they start to tell you personal things, you're, you're in rapport. It's no different than mirroring and matching in body language or NLP. They're starting to share. Then, you know, you've built rapport. They now trust you because they're sharing what they normally keep to only people they trust. Um, Funny story about this glass here. So this was given to me by a client who the very first time I met her was in Scottsdale and I made her cry. And it wasn't because I was being rude. When I analyzed her facial features, it was the first time she felt seen and heard and she burst into tears. Now, when this used to happen and it happens about one in every 10 times, I used to step away, create distance. But now you sit with the person because they literally feel like nobody has seen them for who they are. And so if you're going to tell people this, you can. That's what the whole reason I call the company Subtle Skills is because you don't have to tell anybody that you understand how to analyze faces. But if you want to, you can. Um, But literally, like she burst into tears. And so his her husband, when I saw him in Miami, I spoke at their event in uh, the BDC at Black Diamond Club. Everybody should know about them um, in Miami earlier this year in November. And he always walks up and is like, oh, it's the guy that made my wife cry. But it's a joke. Mm -hmm. But literally, they sent me a Christmas present. And it's because I made her feel seen and heard. And I didn't make her. It's what her face said. I just helped her realize it. So um, with that, that being said, I know I'm going a little bit long. Um, So the convert, don't immediately speak because we think in our primary dominant language. So I know Rex will like this. If I'm visual, I say things like, even when I hang up the phone, I say, okay, I'll see you later. I'm a visual person. So I use visual phrases, but I need to look at them and figure out what do they think? Do they have rounded eyebrows? You know, do they have large ears? Do they need more space before I speak? Because we get so busy pushing our agenda, we don't think how will it be received by other people. And then again, what do their lips say? Strictly business or get personal. So last part in it is when you go to express, this is important. If your presentation is written down in any format, email, text, you name it, and you don't know who it's going to get forwarded to, then you need to make sure to include auditory, kinesthetic, and visual wording within it. Because if you prepare it for somebody who's strictly auditory and they forward it on to somebody who's visual or kinesthetic, they don't get it. You're not speaking their language. So if you believe your proposal is going to go anywhere beyond the person whose face you've already analyzed, then prepare as if all three are going to read it. And it'll change everything you have. So um, I'd like to tell a story real fast. Went to a wedding at uh, Jekyll Island, which is Florida, Georgia line, about a year and a half, or two years ago now. And the server came over and he had a name badge that said Hungarian on it. So I'm like, okay, I know Hungarian. We've been to Budapest. So he came over to fill up my wine glass and I said, Kosinom. He goes, what? I said, Kosinom. He goes, you speak Hungarian. I'm like, well, I've been to Budapest and I just want to say thank you for taking care of us. Guess whose wine glass was never empty the rest of the trip, right? Like, or the rest nice. of the night. Mine, but not just me, everyone at our table, because he was excited to come back to our table over everybody else's because we treated him like a person. And that's why everything that you learn today, practice on servers. Most people are like, okay, yeah, I'll have this or this. Okay. They don't even make eye contact with the person taking care of them. So if you take those few extra seconds to focus on them and treat them like a person, and even if you just think what shape and what height are their eyebrows, you're giving them that eye contact that makes them feel seen and heard. 
And that's where rapport is built. So um, I like to end on this, not just a picture of my shoes, but if you ever see me present, I wear two different colored shoelaces. And that's because I want to prove that people aren't paying attention to feet. Now, women are usually good about this. Like, oh, hey, I love your shoes to each other, right? But you have to be thinking all the time, where are somebody's feet angled when they're talking to you? If they're angled kind of like this towards you, you're good. But we've been taught not to be rude and leave a conversation. But if we want to mentally leave, our feet will start angling towards the exit or towards a different person when we're bored or we're done with talking to the person in front of us. So always be looking to where their feet are. So with that, we're to the end finally. I know it went a little bit long. Sorry, I get passionate about this. I could talk about it all. But yeah, no, again, phenomenal. And the, the bottom line is everybody here has been able to walk away with something right? Natalie and I are taking a bunch of notes over here. So um, I, I think it, this is how they're going to find you. Correct. Right? Okay, Everything like, else is at subtle skills. Everywhere. Yes. Yeah. And Lynn said, great job as always. Thank right? you, Lynn. And then but looking at it, subtleskills.com. I would go there. Mm -hmm. I would go see what you can get on when he sent out the, on his little, what was it? Your QR code, right? QR right. code takes you to a page. On this page, what does it say? It says cheat sheet. You can go download a cheat sheet for the eyebrows. For everybody who right. said, I'll remember. And right now you're going, wait, I forgot already. Okay. Yeah. This will this will flat out change the way you talk to people. And it will increase sales. And the, the benefit is the relationships you're going to get after the fact. But you know me, sales is about results. So let's go get Absolutely. that. But yeah, but I'd say get, get yourself out there. If you're sitting there now and you're watching on your screen, take your phone out, click on that like I did, and, and get, get over there and see Brian. Because, again, what you just learned, whether you're buying from somebody, whether you are selling to someone, what is it that you're doing to speak their language? And I think Brian's program is the best there is that's out there. And if you wanted to sit back and say, you know what, Brian, I would like to, do, to learn more. Great. Reach out to Brian. Okay. If if you look, Brian at Subtle Skills is right there on his yes. name. So you can email Brian, say here, and then go check out his courses because of course, the other course came back. You, you're yes. going to want to, you're going to want to learn more. And I think it's worth it for every company and everybody out there to learn how to approach people better to sell more. Well, and what I'll do, Joe, is for War Games Wednesday, I'll go in and I'll put a 25% discount off of the course. So I'll Fantastic. set up WGW all caps when we're done talking here. WGW. Yeah, War Games Wednesday. Nice. I like it. <laughs> I'll, I like I'll it. try and do it while we're talking. I'm, I'll see. No, okay. Stuff. So again, pause for a second, then go jump over to, yeah, <laughs> onto, onto yeah, Subtle Skills and get 25% off. WGW War Games Wednesday. Yes. Okay. But Brian, thank you so much for your time. Natalie, I expect like a lot more premiums coming through for you, right? And we can say, great. She's going to help people with their investments and their lives. Now she's going to go, I'm talking exactly to you. Yeah. You know what, Joe? I, I can't remember. Do people do people do more like 50% for you? Typically. All right. Sales. Let's change course, it. guys. We'll change it. Come on. What am Maybe. I going to say? No, Brian. Yeah. Don't All give right. them a bigger discount. 50% yeah. off. Yes. There you go. Okay. Do, if we'll do war games, all capital, one word, and I'll do 50% off. War games, all one word. Boom. I'll make sure it works. I'll make sure it works while we're talking.
Because I feel like most of the people that come up here give a big discount. Uh-oh, there goes Joe's computer. He said it was going to die. <laughs> so uh, let's see if it works. And then we'll drop off as well. Go to step two, coupon, more games, all caps. There you go, 50% off. All right. Well, we're not going to see Joe again, so it's kind of nice. Now, is there anything we want to talk about bad about Joe since he's gone and he can't control it? <laughs> no, it's all right. We'll give him a break today. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think if you and I exit, it may kill it. I don't know how else to help him end it. I know he said his computer was about to die, and I talked for far too long. So, yes. let's see. All right, everybody. Well, yeah. should we go sell something? That's right. <laughs> In and Joe's tagline. <laughs> Everybody have a great week. Go to Brian's page. We'll see you soon. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. All right. Let's see if I exit if we go away. If not, we'll wait for Joe to find a charger. I should have been paying attention to the chat. I'm back, everybody. Be good. So go now. Go sell something like Natalie said before, but my phone wouldn't let me in. But yes, my laptop did die. Appreciate you all. I'll put a link for Brian's thing and the discount code in the comments.